What's up, everybody? Welcome back to We'll Laugh About This Tomorrow, episode three. Uh, this has been cool. This has been cool. Uh, this has officially became like a really fun hobby of mine. I, I, I enjoy writing my podcast notes. I know I'm still learning, so you know, bear with me as I get a hold of this podcast thing and stop jumping all over the place. But, I mean, to me, it makes the story cool because things pop into my head that I didn't remember when I was writing my podcast notes. And then... I just, oh, yeah, remember this, and I start talking about it. Um, the response has been super cool. The support has been super cool. Uh, people contacted me. I haven't talked to in a while. Uh, had somebody contact me from the U.K. that was saying they, they randomly found my podcast, and it's really cool, and they can't wait for the next episodes. And they're a recovering addict from the same thing, from pain medication. So it's really cool. And... It, like it's officially became like a very fun hobby to me and I, I like doing this and I think I'll keep doing this regardless of how many streams and likes and comments and stuff I get I think it's still going to help somebody out there it's still going to enjoy it and still uh, enjoy hearing the stories of, of what I talk about I know it's not as extreme as other people that are addicts that go through stuff but hey everybody's story is different so we in the last episode, uh, I ended it where I tried to take my own life. So stemming off of that, I, of course, was off work now because of this. So I, I mean, I had to tell my wife. I had to, you know, tell the people closest to me that I tried to do this and I needed to get help. And I felt like I needed to get help because I've, I've always been that person like I could never do that I could never take my own life I'm too much of a, of a pussy to do that kind of thing and for me to actually attempt it and know that I thought that's what I was doing by taking those soma pills like that's what I was trying to uh, execute and get done uh, scared the shit out of myself so this is I mean, I'm not. I'm just gonna forget about the timeline because this episode is gonna be all over the place. I want to talk about you know scandalous things that addicts do and things that I did and all that. But so I so now I'm off work for uh, mental distress and I'm collecting disability. So I go go to the doctor, and this is the new doctor because uh, the old doctor retired that I had been going to. So this is the same doctor in in that in that building or same building new doctor so I end up going to this doctor I tell her about my depression a little bit very little but I mainly focus on my knee I tell her like my knee is killing me because it is and I know everything stems from my knee in my mind at least I have this knee pain and I need to get it handled but I, I, I didn't want to do a third surgery because I needed to make money and support not only my addiction but I needed to support my family so I tell her about my knee. I tell her I, I had depression from my knee, from not getting sleep, from uh, being locked up and lonely at, the, at where I was working at the moment, and climbing wind turbines wasn't helping me anymore, and I thought I got a position where I didn't have to climb as much, but I was still having to climb daily. So she goes, okay, well, let's get an MRI done and, and go from there. So I get an MRI done. I go to a place uh, called the South or also it's south uh southern california orthopedic institute so i go there they give me the mri to my surprise my knee is torn uh it's 
pretty bad at this point. But the pain wasn't as bad because I was taking so many pain pills a day that I masked it so much that I didn't really realize how bad it was messed up. Because they even told me, like, you were, you should be in pretty bad pain, like barely able to walk. And I was like, oh, well, I don't know. I'm used to it. Maybe I was used to it at that point. The The pain was, was masked and, and I was numb, so I didn't really feel the pain. And when I did feel the pain, it would pop another pill. So... I get the MRI, I go back to the doctor, and she goes, yeah, your knee's jacked up. She's like, how bad is your pain? Of course, I tell her my pain level is like an 8, 9, 10 on some days. And she's like, okay, well, I'm going to uh, give you some pain medication. So she gives me 5 through 25 Norcos, which is really weak shit at the time, especially for me, it was really weak. And I get the prescription. Two weeks later, I, I go back in there, and I'm like, these are not strong enough. Like, they're barely letting me sleep. They barely, you know, scratch the surface of my pain on my knee. And she's like, okay, well, let's bump you up to 10 through 25 Norcos. So I was like, perfect. That's what I take anyways. That's that's my perfect, perfect thing that I want. So she gives me uh, 10 through 25 Norcos, so I'm set. I'm getting Norcos. Uh, she's giving me 120 a month. Uh, I think it's like, I don't know, four times a day or something like that. Of course, I'm not taking them that much, but I still have... Uh, my other supplier so if i can make 120 pills last two weeks and save up 500 dollars, 600 dollars to buy 100 more to last me the other two weeks then i'm good i don't have to i don't have to scrounge around for pills so as long as i make 120 pills last two weeks i'm good so that's exactly what i do i have a person that i buy the prescription off of them and I make it last two weeks, and I go to the doctor and get a prescription that's a month and make that last two weeks, and so on and so forth. Except this doctor is like trying to speed it along, right? Which is all fine and dandy because I want my knee fixed. But at the same time, I'm like, you know, I I gotta, I gotta try to level myself out. I gotta. This is the thing addicts do. They try to make things last, right? Like, okay, if I buy this many, then I gotta make it last, and I'll be all right. Um, if I can save money here and save money here. Without the wife knowing, of course, without and you know anybody suspecting that I'm saving money for that or have any money to begin with, I'll be fine. So I'm doing that for a couple months, couple months, uh, and the surgery date comes around. So I'm like, all right, let's get this surgery done, you know. And I go in, I do the surgery. They say that they got it all the best they could. There was a lot of scar tissue. Uh, I might have problems with my knees going with my knee going forward, but they think they did a pretty good job. And so, so in my mind, I don't really care. Like, yeah, I want to get rid of the knee pain, but my main focus now is like, okay, I need to try to actually get off these painkillers. Like, they cost me a ton of money every month. I can never find a supplier that has enough when I need them. Like, I I need to. And I, and truthfully, I've wanted to get off them for a long time, but I just never validated it enough to, you know, tell or make it happen to where I actually could get off. Like I validated it with my knee pain. I, I always justified it with something and taking certain amounts or a ton of amounts certain days. I would, I would award myself like, oh, I busted my ass today at work. My knee's killing me. I, I deserve two more pills or three more pills or, you know. So it was kind of how I talked about in one episode, like 
every time you, a hobby, every time you do something like, oh, I'm going to go do this, I pop pills, kind of similar, but I would award myself. Like, oh, I busted my ass. I got, I did the dishes. I vacuumed the house. I cleaned all the rooms. I deserve two more pills. I mean, not only did I take two pills to do it all, but I deserve two more for completing it. And that uh, it was just a vicious cycle. So I always needed pills, always needed pills. And I'm telling myself, like, there would be some days where I'd take so many pills where I'd just feel like shit because I took so many. And I, I wouldn't say it was overdose. I would just say I just, I'd forget to, like, eat eat good food I would eat junk food and stuff and I would just feel like crap and I, like it would get bad sometimes where I remember I did I, I had a I don't remember what it was my knee was like achy this is after the surgery this is just a little side story and it was my kid's birthday and I knew it was my kid's birthday and I took some Norcos to try to push through it to you know be Mr. Dad at the birthday party but I took some and they didn't work and I ended up taking like a couple more, a couple more, a couple more and they didn't work and then I ended up feeling like crap and I was completely absent of my whole, my whole son's birthday and I will regret that forever and it was noticed. My wife was pissed like, you know, what the fuck are you doing? Like you've just been sitting in the in the room the whole time while your, your, kid, your, your son has his friends over on his birthday and his dad's just not involved and, you know, it's just me. I, oh, I feel like crap. I feel like crap, you know. And I'll always regret that because I remember my wife talked to me about it and it just made me feel even more like shit when I already knew that I was avoiding it because I felt like crap and I didn't want to be involved. Yeah, I, there's a lot of situations that happen like that in my life that I will regret until the day that I die. But I have the future to make it all up and be a better dad and be a better husband. Anyways, so I get the get the knee surgery, so now it's time for physical therapy. I go to my first appointment of physical therapy the like assessment uh, appointment and they tell me you know blah 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 this is what we're going to do two times a week and then towards the end we'll try to go three times a week and and really get your knee strengthening up and then uh and then COVID comes around and COVID starts shut down all the physical therapy places so they shut they, they shut down this is like beginning of 2020 they, they shut down the physical therapy places and it was only like existing clients that were allowed to go to physical therapy so I I was a new client so they're like oh sorry like we'll let you know when we're able to bring you in and so I use that as an excuse to my doctor like hey like I'm not able to do physical therapy right now like I need more pain medication because my knee is still killing me because I haven't been able to do physical therapy and she buys it she buys it at first and then about two months after surgery I'm still using the same excuse and and this doctor was honestly a savior, and I'll tell you why. You'll you'll see why later on. But she, so she tells me she goes, well, I I told you I'm only going to give you pain medication for three months after your surgery. So I will give you this this prescription, and then I will give you one more. And after that, you need to get off of them, stop taking them, and figure out your knee and go to physical therapy. So I'm like, okay. And you know, I I thought of it like that, like, oh, no big deal, whatever. I can, I can figure something out by then. But then, of course, that third month rolled around. I'm starting to feel like crap and go through withdrawals, and I can't find anything on the street. So my my date for refill of my prescription comes up, and I call, and I'm like, hey, I need to get my prescription refilled. And they're like, oh, the, the okay, we'll, we'll call. And I keep calling. Like, literally every 30 minutes, I call the doctor's office. Hey, I called the pharmacy. They haven't got my prescription yet. Uh said it would be filled today blah, blah blah I do that like maybe like six or seven times and then finally the the 
nurse, assistant nurse gets on calls and she says, hey, you need to come in. The doctor wants to see you to fill a prescription. So I'm like, okay, whatever. I'll be right there. So I go in there and I go in the office and she goes, she goes, Nick, what? she's like, what the hell's going on? I was like, well, you told me you'd fill my prescription for one more month. And she goes, she said, I said three months after your surgery. And little did I know that I'm such an addict that I forget the last month was the third month that she gave me pills. And she straight up calls me out. She's like, she's like, you're acting like a fucking addict. She doesn't say the F word, but she's like, you're acting like an addict. I'm not going to fill in a prescription. You need to sort your shit out. You need to get off these freaking pills and you need to go physical therapy and get your knee right. And da, 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 da. And I'm like, I was like, I'm going through withdrawals. I feel like shit. Like, like I need these, this pain medication. She goes, just the fact that you told me you're going through withdrawals. No, I know that you're an addict. Like you need to stop. She's like, you're going to be okay. Just stop taking the freaking things. And I'm like, I'm in pain. I'm in pain, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, whatever. I'm like, fuck off. Like I'll find some, a doctor that fucking cares. And she's like, okay, see you later. Bye. So she tells me, she basically kicks me out. So I go back to SCOE, the orthopedic center, for my follow-up appointment. And I tell them that I'm in a lot of pain. They end up doing an x-ray, and they're like, yeah, you're pretty close to bone on bone. She's like, but there's nothing we can do. And I was like, okay, well, what about, like, a pain management doctor? Like, I need something for pain, blah, 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 blah. So they give me a referral for pain management. So I go to pain management. My first appointment with them, they asked me what's going on, blah, 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 blah. The doctor's talking to me for like maybe two minutes, and he goes, okay, you okay with Norcos? And I said, yeah, Norcos is what I had before. Those work great. So it gives me 10 through 25 Norcos. Here's another script. Boom. And at this point, like, they just send the prescription straight to the pharmacy, so you don't even get, like, a paper slip or anything. So I don't even know how much you wrote. And then so I'm, I'm driving back home, and I look at my little Walgreens app, and I see that it's only uh, 60 pills. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, I'm like 60 pills for a whole month, like, I got to figure something out. Like, I got to figure out how to get more pills, get more pills. So I start asking around, and, like, I, I had, like, a couple guys that were dealers. I had pretty much, I had two people. I had one person that got them once a month, and then I had one person that got them in, like, the middle of the month. So when I didn't have a doctor giving me prescriptions, I would buy beginning of the month, middle of the month, and I'd have pills for the whole month. And let, I was spending, like, 1200 bucks a month on pain medication. So... I'm starting, I'm starting to ask those guys, like, hey, do you know anybody else that has, like, a full-time supply of, like, of pain meds or something, you know, and and one guy gets back to me and goes, yeah, I got this one dude, he's got, uh, he's got Percocets, like, 30 milligram uh, Percocets, and I was like, I was like, oh, how much does he want? He's like, oh, seven bucks a pill, and I'm like, oh, that's not too bad. I'm like, and they'll last me longer because they're stronger, you know, I could take, take half. I'm like, so if I buy 10, I really have 20 in my mind. So... I meet up with this guy for the first time, and the the presumption was that he had those, but he was going to try to find me Norcos because I just wanted Norcos. So I find I meet up with the guy, and I'm like, oh, did you end up finding Norcos? And he's like, oh, no, no. He's like, I got those. And he pulls out this big old, big old bag of 30-milligram uh, oxys, and I immediately think, I'm like, like damn, that's, that's a lot of freaking pills, and it was not in a pill bottle either, you know. So he goes, yeah, I'll give them to you, seven bucks a pill, but if you keep buying them, I'll drop the price, blah, 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 blah. So I'm like, okay, cool. So I buy, I think I bought like like 200 bucks worth. And I remember taking one when I got home, and, and I've had Percocet before. So I take one, and I'm like, I'm like, this is not a Percocet. I'm like, this is something else. And 
I'm like sitting there, I'm like, I feel great. Like the pain's gone. I feel amazing, but this is not Percocet. Like I know what Percocet feels like, and this is not Percocet. So I take one of the pills and I look it up. And the first thing that pops up on Google is uh, fake cartel pills coming over the border uh, looking like uh, 30 milligram Percocets or 30 milligram oxycodone pills. And it's literally the exact same thing. And it's like they're, they're fake pressed pills with fentanyl in them. And fentanyl is it's a synthetic opioid, which is super duper strong. And the cartels and all this stuff, they're, they're making these fake pills. And not only the cartels, like there's tons of people just making these pills because fentanyl is so easy to make, I guess. So this is a readily supply. In my head, I'm like, fuck, I need to be careful with these because these things are, like, <laughs> says what they are. Then the next, you know, thing under Google is thousands of people die every day on fentanyl overdose. So I'm like, shit, like, if I'm going to take these things, like, I need to be careful. And then I start reading all these articles, and the thing that makes them dangerous is that they're 30 milligram pills, but they're not really 30 milligrams of fentanyl. One pill, there was an article I read where this guy bought 10 pills off of a dealer and he tested all 10 pills and all 10 pills had a different milligram amount of fentanyl in them. One was 5 milligrams, one was 2 milligrams, one was 17 milligrams, one was 90 milligrams. So you never know what you're getting. And that's why people overdose because they'll take one that has 2 milligrams in it and they're like, oh, I don't feel it. And they take another one that has, you know, 20 milligrams and they go, oh, I feel it a little bit. And then they take another one that has 100 milligrams and then overdose so i'm like okay I, I need to be really really like careful with these if i take one like no matter how how good it takes away my pain or gets me high makes me feel good i can't take another one like i have to be careful so i'm taking these damn things for a while like for months and i get to the point to where i'm taking two at once taking three at once sometimes I'm definitely not being careful but I've built such a tolerance up that I'm able to take more and more and more and I'm spending so much freaking money so much money because they're readily available I don't have to worry about hey do you got them or when you're getting them on this day anytime I hit this guy up yeah can you meet at this time yeah can you meet at this time yeah can you meet at this time always available the, the 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 dream dealer and for an addict that's like the best thing ever and I don't ever have to worry about it if I'm running out I can call the day before like hey you cool to meet at this time tomorrow yeah no problem see you there never an issue so I'm taking these things I'm taking these things and the first time I don't have money I start feeling like shit and it's not like Norco's feeling like shit where you got diarrhea and you know you're you're throwing up or not throwing up I never really throw up on Norco's but just like feeling nauseous and you're crappy and no this is bad like I felt like I was hallucinating because I couldn't sleep I had diarrhea I had the chills the sweats uh, no energy whatsoever Completely felt like crap. Never felt like this in my life. 
And the first time I go through withdrawals, it's pretty bad because I didn't get paid for two days. So I went two days without any, and I was hooked on the damn things at this point. So I go through withdrawals, and it's like the worst thing ever. And my wife's like, like, what the fuck's going on with you? Like, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, I, I, I blame it on the anxiety. I keep saying I, ha- I have really bad anxiety. I can't sleep. Like, my knee's killing me, and I don't sleep, and I have anxiety. And, and I think at this point, she's starting to catch on. And... Like, she, she thinks, like, I'm going through withdrawals, and I just deny it. Like, no, I've gone through withdrawals before. Like, and, and she doesn't know that I'm taking fentanyl. She thinks it's just Norco's if I can or whatever. So I'm like, I, I was like, I've gone through withdrawals before. Like, this is not, this is not something I felt before. This, this isn't withdrawals. This is something else. And so I think she's, she's slowly catching on. She, she realizes that I'm taking these damn things. Excuse me. And it's getting to the point to where it's getting bad because then because I, I'm taking so much of these damn things, but they cost more, so I don't have as much money. So I'm going through withdrawals more and more, or at least like I, I'll go like one or two days going through withdrawals, one or two days going through withdrawals until I get money. So this goes on for a while, and eventually, like she starts seeing money, like where's this money going like where's this money going where's this money going and I just have like the dumbest things like like oh that's just you know that's that's just how much the the paycheck is Uh, like that's how much it is oh oh, they they screwed up my paycheck or oh this or oh this and while I'm working for this wind company I'm just I, I keep going on to the the like HR portal for our pay stubs and I keep changing like I I added I went and got like a separate bank account and I dump money into it every paycheck. So every paycheck, I have money for pills. And this goes on for a couple months until she, like, realizes, like, no, he's, she sees the card. Like, she knows it's a separate bank account. I tell her I use it for, um, like, something stupid. I'm sure I can't even remember what I tell her I use it for. But she knows that money's going on that card. But I keep telling her, like, oh, I just, they, they, they're screwing up my paycheck or, or this or that. And so she knows, like, she just, she gets to the point to where she doesn't even want to argue about it anymore. And, like, the bills are always late. Uh, Like, we don't have money readily available unless she saves her money from her job. And I'm an addict. I don't give a fuck. As long as we have money for, for food and, like, the cell phone bills, like, the main things, like, like, I don't give a shit where the other money is going. It's going towards my addiction. And that's, that's the bottom line in my head. So... It gets to the point to where like I, I don't have any money, right? There's there's, there's no money readily available. So I, I start going through withdrawals, and three days away, like four days away from paying from a payday. And I'm going through bad withdrawals, like bad withdrawals, and uh, like I can't sleep. I'm tossing around, t- tossing everywhere, like all over the bed. I'm hitting my wife because I I'm just I don't even know like what I'm doing I'm flipping around like smacking her and and can't sleep like it's the worst thing ever you feel like complete dog shit you're throwing up you're 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 shitting yourself and you're so like to me I was so like out of it so like hallucinating almost and like the like the night before payday it was the worst thing ever and she knows at this point this has been months of this. She knows, like, you're going through withdrawals. Like, you need to get off these fucking things, blah, blah, blah. 
And I'm like, no, it's not withdrawals. No, it's not withdrawals. So one night, really bad night. Like, I'm so I'm so out of it from not sleeping. I've been up for like 30, probably like two straight days, like almost 40 hours. And I can barely walk because I'm so like out of it. So like, uh, to me, I feel like I was in like a hallucinating state. Like I, like I knew what I wanted, but I don't know where I'm going. And I remember I get up to go to the bathroom and I trip over the bed and I go to grab the doorpost and the doorpost is here and I grab right here, you know, like six inches from the doorpost and just completely miss it head first into the entertainment center and just boom, rack my head. And my wife wakes up and she goes, what the fuck was that? What is this? And she goes, are you okay? And I'm like, I'm like, no, I'm like, I think I hit my head. I'm like, turn the light on. And she turns the light on and just freaking blood everywhere. It looks like a damn murder scene. And I freaking split my dad, my head open bad, like really bad. And I'll put pictures up for you visual people that are watching on YouTube. And if you want to go see the pictures, go check out the YouTube video or I'll, I'll try to clip them on the podcast. But I split my head bad and I'm bleeding everywhere and I'm so out of it. And, and it almost snaps me out. Like it makes me so sober that I don't even like I, I like know exactly what's going on. My head doesn't even hurt because like I'm just the state I'm in. I'm bleeding everywhere. I get up. I go to the bathroom. I clean it off. I put like a rag on it and I just go try to lay back down. And my wife's like, like, what the fuck? Like, are you okay? You okay? I'm like, oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. I just need to try to go to sleep. I need to try to go to sleep. So like, I don't even know how she's, I don't know how she's feeling. I don't know like what her mindset is at this point. Like she cleans up all my blood, like all this, all that. And then she, like, what is she, like, how does she, like, does she think I'm going to like, you know, go to sleep and not wake up that I hit my head that hard like whatever and I'm just like oh I'm fine it's not even that bad and the morning comes and she's like you need to go to the hospital and I'm like no it's okay I don't think it's that bad and I get up take a shower and I see it like it like (laughs) like on top of my head is like drooping so it's like pretty bad (laughs) and she's like okay i'm gonna come home we're gonna go to the er so we we go to the er tell them what happened i end up getting nine stitches in it and i come home like we we come home and she has to go you know do errands and stuff and i'm just in the bed and when she like all, all i'm thinking about is i just gotta make it through today and tomorrow I'll be able to meet my dealer and get some more pills and I'll be fine. So she comes in right before bedtime and, and I'm like out of it just because of my head and I'm going through withdrawal still so I can't sit still, I, I can't sleep. And she tells me, like she, she comes in the room and she goes, she goes, yeah, so I looked up online and um, you would only have to pay me like $800 a month in child support. So... I w- I'm going to need your help uh, to, like, pay for everything, to pay for the house and for the rent and all that stuff. And, I, and at first I'm like, like, what, what the fuck? She's like, if, if you don't stop taking these pain pills, I'm leaving. Like, I'm going to file for a divorce. I'm going to get custody of the kids, and I'm leaving you. And I'm like, and, and immediately I'm like, I'm like, I want to get off these things. Like, I'm going to get off these things. I need to get off these things. I need help. Like, I need to get off these things. And. She was like, she's like, okay. 
but you you have to get off them or I'm leaving. So, and the fucked up thing is, is that as soon as she leaves the room, the first, like, my addiction mind is like, like, oh, what if I'm single? I'm like, what if, what if I just let her leave me and I'm single? I don't have to worry about her bitching about money. I give her the bare minimum. Don't have to worry about money. Buy all the pills I want. Live by myself. Be a, be a bachelor. And, and, and as fucked up as it is, like, that's an addict's mind. Like, all we think about is the next high. So it's like, like, I don't give a shit. Like, leave me. I'll be better off because I'm going to be able to get as many pills as I want. But truthfully, that's not how I felt. And, you know, and luckily at the time, I didn't have any pills in my system. I was in full-blown withdrawal, so, like, I had a clear mind in a sense. Of course, that's the first thought because all I want is pills at the moment. But when I sit there and think, I'm like, like, I have to. I have to stop taking these things. I need help. I'm not going to lose my family over this shit. You can bet your bottom dollar I'm not going to fucking lose my family. I'm not going to lose my wife. But, you know, the next day is payday, and I go and meet my dealer. And I get, I think I got like 30 pills. And I tell him, I, I tell the, my dealer, I'm like, yeah, this is probably the last time I'm going to buy them. I know I owe you money, but, like, this, this is the last time I'm going to buy them, man. Like, I need to get off these things, and... Uh, and he's like, oh, and, and he's the dealer, you know, oh, well, maybe if you just stop, like, don't take as many, like, only buy them here and there, and I'm like, nah, I just need to stop taking them all together. So I was like, okay, boom, well, whatever, bye. So the pills last me. I tried to, I tried to use them to wean myself off, which is fucking stupid, because I already had pretty much them out of my system. If I would have went maybe two more days, I probably would have started, like, feeling normal again. And... I take the 30 pills or 40 pills, whatever it was, and I and I try to, like, barely take them and, like, wean myself off, which is stupid because I was already off of them. And then I end up going through withdrawals again. And, uh, like, I didn't tell my wife that I went and bought pills, of course, but I call the doctor. I call the doctor that I told to fuck off, the one that called me an addict. I call her to make an appointment. And they asked why the appointment, and I just tell them, I said, I need I need help with opioid withdrawal. So I go there, and I go to the appointment, and I actually have my son with me because, my three-year-old, because I had nowhere to take him. And it was like a, a like an emergent appointment, like she could get me in right then. And she tells me, she goes like, she's like, Nick, like, you're going to be okay. Like, you just need to stop taking them. And I'm like, I'm like, you don't understand what I've been taking. Like, I am bad like in a bad spot and she's like she's like well like what are you gonna do i'm like i need help getting off of the damn things and she goes okay well then you're gonna go to treatment and i was like all right she's like you're gonna take your son home right now and you're gonna go to fucking treatment she's like you want my help i'm gonna get you help it's like sit right here i'm gonna go make some calls so she goes and makes makes some calls and she comes back and she goes okay the first they can get you in right in the morning so you have to be there at 5 a.m it's a four-hour process, and they're going to get you treatment. And I'm like, I'm like, okay. She's like, you better fucking go. She's like, I don't want to see you ruin your life over some fucking pain medication. So, like, she was she was probably like the – she tried to help me in the beginning. She tried to help me back then when she knew that I had an issue. And, if, and instead of asking for help, I told her to fuck off because my addiction was so strong at that point. And I th- – I th- I thank God that she was she was the way she was when I went back to her the second time. 
Like, she realized that I was an addict and I was speaking as an addict when I told her to fuck off. And this time she knew that I was in a bad spot and I needed to get off the damn pain pills. So I end up going to treatment. <clears throat> I end up going to treatment. And at this point, I'm like three days. Um, I did the whole the whole methadone thing to help with withdrawals. I did it for about two 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 to three weeks and still doing it and and it's helped tremendously I haven't taken any pills in you know a long time and so I mean that's a good route to go I couldn't go to detox as, as much as I wanted to just go to like an inpatient rehab 30-day detox I couldn't do it I was so afraid of like uh the judgment of everybody around me and the like worrying about my job and and all this stuff and what's funny is as soon as I was officially clean like I, I was like I want to tell my story because I think it'll help people and now it's like <laughs> it's funny because I was more worried about people's judgment when I was an addict but now that I'm sober I'm like I want everybody to know like this is what I was going through and you do some crazy stuff as an addict I'm telling you you do some crazy stuff I took my kid's birthday money one time. I took my kid's birthday money so I could have money for pills the next day. I sold stuff that, you know, just, I'd sell stuff around the house. Um, I used to have, like, a collection of nice guns. I sold them all to buy pills. Uh, I sold, I, I bought a laptop one time, nice-ass laptop, sold it for pills. Like, you'll do anything in the middle of addiction to get what you need. And it doesn't matter what people feel like you come first like fuck my wife fuck my kids as long as i have pills i'm good to go but when i'm on pills oh i'm the best you know at everything so and and just like living this sober life like it's 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 cool because i have energy for everything i'm the dad that i always knew i could be and, and i knew i was and and all the stories I like talk to my wife about, like, oh, I, I did this and I did this. And like, she's kind of like blown away. And <clears throat> I think the craziest thing is like the money, like how much money I spent on, on pain pills. It's, it's an astronomical number. And, and thankfully I'm, I'm like, like not only did I try to kill myself, but then thankfully I didn't kill myself by taking fucking fake pills. And, like, there was one time, there was one time when I was scared why I thought I took too many because I was, like, like I was so crazy that I, I was, like, oh, shit, like, I think I took too many. And, luckily, I ended up coming down and then didn't teach me any lesson, though. <laughs> I mean, I still did the same fucking thing. Addiction's crazy, man. It's really crazy. And when you, when you stem back to, like, your first time trying it and, like, you know, trying it at a party and messing around like like cocaine painkillers whatever drinking smoking weed you you never think of it like oh i'm gonna be addicted to this one day you know 15 years from now i'm gonna be doing everything i can in my power to get a hold of these fucking times of these things these types of things and it's crazy to think about it like that and i know people that are in the same story as me that are still trying to climb out of that hole. Like I, I honestly, I, 
I blame two people for getting me for being addicted to pills. I blame the first doctors when they they just prescribed me anything and everything I asked for because they didn't know how serious addiction can be. And I blame myself for the many, many times that I could have stopped taking pills and made life so much easier for myself instead of getting so bad that I was doing the things I was doing and being a piece of shit person to my family and everybody around me just so I could have pain pills the next day and the day after that and the day after that. And, and addictions, it's just a crazy story, man. It's, it's really crazy to, to deal with. And the, t- the type, the how many times I've gone through withdrawals and, and felt like shit where I could have just said, screw it, like I can get through this and just, ah, eh, never mind. I'm just going to go buy more pills and be fine. Like it's it's really it's it's really a crazy thing, and I hope a lot of people can can gain from this. There's always gonna be light at the end of the tunnel. You can always find help. There's always people that care, and I think that's the biggest thing, because I got to the point to where I didn't think anybody cared. I didn't think that that life. At one point, I didn't think life was worth it, and I tried to freaking end it. And you get these crazy mindsets and I think you have to surround yourself with people that love you and don't destroy relationships. I know it's hard to say that, but when you burn every bridge, it's hard to have any bridge to cross to get help when it comes that time. And luckily I never, you know, fentanyl is pretty freaking bad, but like luckily I didn't go to heroin and all that stuff and end up living on the streets because I was able to, you know, have people around me that cared that doctor that you know said go to fucking treatment you know and my wife putting her foot down and telling me she was going to leave me because it was a real slap to the face and I realized like this is it I have to stop this shit I can't lose my family I can't lose my wife I can't lose all the things I have in life and I have a nice life I have a very blessed life I have a lot of things that that a lot of people don't have and if I would have thrown it all away for pills I would have never never forgave myself if I, if I would have just said fuck it and kept doing pills and lost my family and everything I know for a fact I would think about it every day and just it's chasing the dragon man you really are you're chasing that damn dragon that mythical creature <laughs> because it, that's all you care about that's all you want to grab that fucker by the tail and ride it to the moon and the story is crazy and it's motivated me to start this podcast it's motivated me to reach out and do a lot of things and I'm going to start going to meetings as well and tell my story and I know people have crazier stories where they you know they rob gas stations for money because they needed drugs and luckily I never got that crazy I always just screwed people over close to me or I borrowed money here and there borrowed money here borrowed money here I'll pay you back this time I'll pay you back at this time and it's just it's just a snowball effect of shit shit snowballed shit it's not going to get you anywhere it's not going to get you anywhere and I hope everybody enjoyed my story I'm sure I'll go back to it in future episodes and tell little things that I remember like little instances of crazy things that happened and uh, other stories of things when I was younger that kind of like pointed towards my addiction but didn't think of it then. I have a lot of stuff like that. I have a lot of stuff written down and and I'll get into it in, in uh, the next episodes or future episodes. 
and once I start having guests on too, we'll get to talk about some crazy stuff and things that they remember about me that, you know, that made them think I was on something or, or that they didn't have a clue and I was just, you know, functioning addict and I have, hopefully my good friend, uh, is going to come up on Thanksgiving and do an episode for me. I have two other people that are good friends of mine that are hopefully going to do episodes with me by the end of the year. If not, I'll be here every day or every Friday. I'll be here for you and you can listen to me ramble on about whatever. Uh, the next episode, I'm going to talk about probably current events, uh, what's going on in the world. I'll talk a little bit about me, uh, a little bit more personal things about me, get to know me a little bit better, except for the fact that I was a piece of shit addict and now I'm a sober badass and fun stuff, right? fun stuff this podcast would be cool and i hope it helps people and then i hope people stay listening just because they like me because i am i'm not always going to talk about addiction but i'm sure i'll talk about it always in the future because it's something that i have to deal with every single day that's the thing addiction never leaves it's literally a disease if, if people that you know don't think addiction is a disease you can suck my dick because it really is it's not something that's easily cured and when it is cured it's always with you. I had my first craving about a week ago. About, yeah, about 10 days ago, I had my first craving. I don't even know why, but it's all, you know, you got to fight it. You got to live, keep keep living and, and get through it. So all you other addicts out there, all you other survivors, you know, keep listening. I'm a fun guy. We'll have some fun on this podcast. The guests will be fun. We'll have some fun stories. And I hope you guys keep listening. Um, and we'll keep working to, we'll keep working to stay sober. And uh, keep busting our ass in this world and, and trying to make it a better place for ourselves and our families. And you guys know you guys know what it is, right? You guys know what it is. We'll laugh about this tomorrow. <laughs>